Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Today is August 8th, 2022, which is 8822, or whatever date that you're listening to uh, this on. You know, happy 8-8-2022. And, uh, you know, the reason why I want to start out this episode like this is, you know, there will never be a day like today ever again. So if I lose you mid-episode, you know, live this day to its fullest or the rest of the day that you have to its fullest. And also for you fathers out there, mothers out there, your kids will never be this young again. So uh, definitely take advantage and, uh, you know, appreciate that we have this wonderful role to be a part of. It's no longer about us and uh, we're, we get to raise the the next iteration of uh, people that will take care of this planet. So today's episode is uh, entitled The Truth About Motivation. And it's actually based on a book that I was recommended by, by my friend Andy. Uh, and so shout out to Andy. Thank you for the book, man. Um, I've It's really blessed me and I just, I just haven't been able to put it down. Um, and it's and help me understand myself and also others uh, to to a, a far greater extent. And for those of you that don't know this book, uh, this book is called um, Drive. Uh, it's by uh, a guy named Daniel H. Pink, and it's the surprising truth about what motivates us, and it's just incredibly insightful. Um, I'm, I'm by no means done yet. Um, I've only been about halfway through um, but I haven't been able to put it down and it just comes with me everywhere. And I'm sure you understand as a father, sometimes it's, you want to read books when you're winding down, uh, but then you want to also do other things. And so, um, you know, with children, it's just hard. And so sometimes with them, when I'm with them at that playground, I'll, I'll bring it with me. Uh, when my wife is driving to our next destination, sometimes I'll pull it out and read it until I get sick again and, and then I put it back down. Um. So, you know, today's episode may feel more like a, a bit of a book report um, of sorts. And uh, I never would have said, you know, never would have thought that that skill in high school was translatable in any way. And, you know, hopefully you can relate to that. Um, I'm sure there's English teachers out there that are probably rolling in their grave right now hearing me say that. Um, but anyways, yeah, that got dark uh, for a second. Anyways, um, you know, so this topic is like, you know, really near to my heart. Like it's dear to me because, uh, you know... Um, and if you don't know, is that I'm a professional that, you know, works with people to live their utmost. And um, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by motivation. Um, you know, I'm a coach and I, I love uh, serving fathers, actually. I've, I've worked with men and, and I've worked, have I worked with women? I don't think I've worked with women. Um, but I think that a lot of these things are translatable, you know, and and it's it's not just in other people that I've served. You know, I also learn things about myself and what motivates me. Uh, you know, throughout my life growing up, I, I held different jobs and, you know, and, and, and just there's different things about different jobs that 
you know, just hit differently, right? You learn through those experiences. And, and uh, a lot of that really showed through as I was reading the book. And, and uh, you know, and I hope to present that to you in a way that you, you can kind of understand. Um, you know, the book suggests, you know, that if we lack autonomy um, and, you know, we're in that really routine role, it can get really boring. And eventually over time, um, you know, corners will get cut. You know, people will start to take shortcuts and, and uh, eventually the quality of the work goes down. Um, and so for me, that really showed through, uh, you know, in one particular instance, I was a loss prevention associate and, um, what that is, is, you know, I, I stand in a store and I pretend like I'm a shopper and I watch people shop or if they shoplift that, uh, you know, when they vacate the store, I, I apprehend them and, you know, write up papers and stuff and then book them in with police officers and whatnot. Um, you know, the job was really mundane, um, and it wasn't something that really brought me to life. I, I definitely didn't enjoy it. And there was actually um, times where while I'm on duty, uh, shamefully, I'm going to say this, hopefully I don't get in trouble for it. You know, I was, you know, with a phone that they could call me on, um, I would be sleeping in my car just because I just didn't enjoy the work. And um, these are things that I learned about myself, you know, um, that I was like, well, this, this, this type of role was just... It's not enjoyable for me. Um, and so, you know, I found, you know, and, and then in other jobs, right, like other jobs that I that I had, you know, I held, I found myself, you know, trying to, uh, you know, optimize the process, you know, thinking, hey, man, like, what's a better way to do this and make it more efficient, make it run more smooth lined. Um, and even shout out to Jose, uh, you know, he, he was telling us one time in, in one of the Noble Father meetings that, um, you know, he, he, uh, you know, created a macro that took away certain processes steps in a in a procedure and eventually the entire company adopted it and uh he barely got any credit for it so um jose if you're listening to this you know i'm giving you credit right now you know kudos to you for doing something like that right but it's just optimizing the process and and i enjoyed that a lot um and it made me enjoy the work a lot more um and and, and you know like th there's going to be other people that will just um yeah, other places, other jobs that I've worked at where I should always remember to silence my phone, right? Didn't I say that last time, last episode? Anyways, um, you know, there's other jobs where others have, you know, kind of told me and micromanaged me and told me how I should do it and taking away the autonomy piece of it. And that really made me dread the work um, that I was doing, you know, namely the carpentry job that I tried to take up, the trades job. Um, you know, my, my boss was one that was very, very hands-on and uh, micromanaged everything and there was no real room to 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 you know do things a certain way you know a different way um you know albeit i was an apprentice and so maybe i'm in the wrong position to say something like that but um yeah that took away from the enjoyment of the work for sure um you know but also that you know i this is kind of my zone of genius now right it involves helping others to uncover their zone of genius because i really feel that people working from that place and living from that place really just come to life enjoying it I mean, I'm living it, and so I, I know what that feels like, and I want others to experience that. And the reason why I use the word uncover is because it's already inherent inside of us. We have those answers inside of us. We just need to uncover them and, and, and implement them. Um, and, and so that, that's really where that comes from for me. You know, before I go into motivation, you know, I want to ask you, you know, what, what motivates you? You know, just think slowly and, and, and in your space, whatever it is that you're doing right now, what motivates you? You know, what gets you up in the morning and, and, and gets you through the day? Yeah, and, and what about, you know, your spouse or your partner or your family members or friends? Like there's there's clear there's clear answers to this question. 
you know, some people might be driven by, uh, you know, money or, or, or something, um, you know, and, and maybe the other question is, you know, do you enjoy what you're currently doing, right? This is an obvious question after that is why or why not? Um, and so in the book, it details, you know, two different, um, you know, types of people, two, two different types of behaviors that people exhibit uh, when it comes to motivation. And the first one is called type X. Or what he likes to call type X, which is, you know, extrinsically motivated people. You know, these are these are the people that their main motivators are extern externally driven, which are, you know, money, fame, uh, status, beauty, um, you know, that kind of thing. You know, the deeper satisfaction of the work is welcome, but it is secondary. Um, and it's kind of like the cherry on top of sorts. Um, you know, but, but the thing about these ex extrinsically motivated people is that they're, they're troubled by an insatiable appetite for more. So if you just think about money, fame, status, and beauty, is that you can never get enough. And I'm sure you've seen those those pictures of, of you know, um, you know, beauty is is a is actually quite a, a sad example. Actually, is you know, people that get like implants, right? They just need to keep getting more. You just need to feed it. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be you know, rounder, or more plush, or whatever it is. It just it's 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 an it's an insatiable um, appetite. They just keep getting more and more and more, um, and it just never fully satisfies, right? It just never seems to hit the spot. Um, you know, in the moment it might feel great, but long-term wise and, 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 and over time, it just, it, it just loses its, its taste. It, it, it loses its, um, effectiveness, I guess you could say. And so the other, you know, the opposing side would be, you know, type I, which is intrinsically motivated. Now the mo the main motivator for a, a, an intrinsically motivated person is freedom challenge and purpose and the purpose of the undertaking so like any other gains are welcome um but they're mainly as a bonus so like you know money is the bonus it's it's a it's a gain um that is welcome um, but it's not the main focus um and, and and success is measured by the task itself and that's a good way to understand intrinsically motivated is that they value the task or the the, the journey rather than the destination or the reward of the destination so um you know, I'm not trying to get on a high horse with this, right? Is that, you know, the research has shown that type I um, is going to be more fulfilling and more long lasting. Um, so I wanted to present some major distinctions, you know, from the book about, you know, the differences between type X and type I, because it's very intriguing. And, and I want to present that information to you. Um, and, and you just take it for, you know, whatever it is, um, you're feeling what is it that it's telling you and you know what does it mean um, for you um, I'm not going to suggest anything to you um, so you know the first major distinction is that type I behaviors are not born they're made and so that means that any type X can become a type I is that it doesn't matter what kind of demographic upbringing you're 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 in or cultural um, you know considerations for this conversation is that um you know type i behaviors are made you can become a type i and i don't think there's anybody that's a perfect type i um it's it's something that we uh, make in ourselves um, now number two type i's always outperform type x's in the long run um, and, and the best way i like to think about this is you know the comparison between a person who loves to walk and somebody walking for the reward of arriving at a destination. You know, typically the person that loves to walk is going to walk further, enjoy the journey better, and 
um, enjoy the destination better ultimately. Um, and, and this kind of triggers kind of this, this ideal of, um, you know, what are the conventional notions of success, right? Because if we look at that example and we think, oh, well, the, the success was reaching the destination. But in reality, the journey was a success too. And the journey to appreciate the journey was a success. And there's different ways to, um, you know, attain that success or to get that success. It depends on how you really look at that um, comparison. Is a person that loves to walk, that's a success in itself, right? And so it's not just at the, the, the destination that success lies. Um, you know, so like, sure, the type X person won the race and they got to the destination, they won the prize, but they missed the beautiful scenery that was along the way or, or even enjoyed the, the incremental progress, the process of training to get to the result that they got. Um, you know, you kind of win, but you also lose, right? Um, and not to, not to say that winning is not uh, good or anything is is just that um, there's enjoyment to be had all throughout the entire process. Don't don't just make it about the um, you know the result. And so number three, type I behavior, you know they they don't disdain money or or recognition, right? Is that um, the inter interesting thing about pay is that it, it must be fair. It, like type I's, you know, obviously they won't turn down pay raises, but once the table is fair and once it's balanced and set is that it allows them to work without money getting in the way. So they're enjoying the process. The task in itself um, is what motivates them to, um, you know, master what it is that they do. Whereas, you know, a type X will see the, the money on the table or money as the table that they work on. Um, and for a type I recognition acts like a feedback, uh, for what they do. And so it's a, it's a very, in, uh, you know, important part of who a type I is, um, to have that recognition, um, in there as well, though it's kind of a secondary nature, um, Number four is that type I behavior is a renewable resource, right? If we look at type X, type X is more finite. It's, it's like coal. Um, so, you know, burning of coals, right? It's, it's always needing more, right, in order to keep it going. And uh, the bad thing is that the externalities or, or the ref refuse that comes out of using coal is extremely damaging to the, to the, to the world and to the climate and, and, you know, the releasing of greenhouse gases. Um, it's, it's a very finite thing, right? And it's always needing more, right? That insatiable, um, appetite, you know, whereas type I is kind of like the sun. It's a, this limitless supply. It's safe to use and there's a low footprint for using it. Um, you know, how we use it doesn't affect the sun. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't affect the world, uh, in a, you know, on the grand scheme of things. Um, and, and so, you know, the difference between people motivated by purpose and passion and those that are driven by financial gain, you know, the bigger the project, the more lucrative it is. And, and it's, you know, endlessly lucrative, you know, how much money eventually can you give to a person to do such a big project? Or, you know, is there a limit to that? Um, I, I think I'd like to say that there's a limit. It's just, um, you know, you're kind of capped at that, you know, if it's for financial gain. And so number five is, you know, type I behavior promotes greater physical health and mental uh, well-being, right? Because with freedom, challenge, and purpose as the main motivators for a type I, right, they have more, they have more of a higher self-esteem, better relationships with others, and, and greater general well-being. Now, I'm presenting these, this information to you, you know, out of the book. 
um, obviously there's a lot of scientific studies and a lot of research that goes into these things. And, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about that on the podcast because there's no time for that. And I'm not going to bore you with who, what the name of the study was and whatever. I'm just giving you kind of like, I guess you like the Ted notes or the, what are those called? The, uh, cliff notes of, of the book, because I found it so insightful, um, you know, so you can imagine as I was talking about the type eyes and their, 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 their state of being, um, from operating in their type I behavior is that for type X, um, you know, they're so motivated by this insatiable external validation, like money, fame, and beauty or status, um, that it can easily equate to a poor psychological well-being, right? Um, they're also, you know, interestingly, um, now, you know, we talk about type X and type I. Uh, but there's, you know, you, I'm sure you've heard of the type A personality. And, and so let me detail what a type A personality is in case you didn't know. You know, a type A personality is, is somebody who's, you know, excessively competitive. Um, they're very aggressive, impatient, and they seem to have like a constant sense of urgency. They just can't seem to stop going, going, getting up early and doing it crazy. Like, uh, you know, there's certain people out there that you can probably think of that are very, very type A. I mean, you know, these individuals, they seem to always be engaged in a chronic, ceaseless, and often fruitless struggle with themselves, with the circumstances, time, and, and even life itself. It's just like this constant drive. It's like their heart beats at 100 times, 100 times a minute, um, and they just don't slow down. Anyways, that has a correlation to, um, you know, being a type X, um, is that they're, they're quite, um, you know, it's easy to, 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 to just not get enough, feel that urgency and just want to get more. Right. And, um, and that's not good actually for physical well-being. actually uh, in, in the book, it details that type A people, um, actually end up having really terrible heart conditions later on because they're just so uppity up and always in competition and just pushing their body to the limit. And it, it just brings about this really bad physical result. Um, for them. And now the interesting thing about um, type I behavior is that, you know, there's, there's three legs of the type I behavior. Um, these three things hold up the behavior itself. Um, and I hope to give those to you and, you know, establish it for yourself, right? Because these are important factors about your life that you probably had no idea about. And definitely, as I went to reading, about, I was like, wow, okay, so this is why I am the way that I am. Um, so number one is autonomy. Autonomy is, you know, the freedom to do work, you know, and trust that, you know, you'll do it right um, and, and getting trust that you'll do it right. And and also on your own accord. Right. Uh, you're not micromanaged to death. You're not nitpicked to the T and you're not watched like a hawk. And so or if you're late by like two minutes that your boss like, you know, gives you, you know, rips you a new one because you showed up late. Um, you know, autonomy is incredibly important in our world is nobody likes to be micromanaged. And um, so that's one factor of type I that, you know, helps motivate people um, number two is mastery um, so if you're familiar with the math term asymptote um, you know it's a line that curves from one x one x-axis to the other uh, x to a y-axis or y to x-axis um, and the line just never actually touches it gets closer and closer and closer it starts to round out starts to round out it doesn't actually straighten out it just gets closer and closer to the line but infinitely it will never actually touch um, and that's kind of the um, illustration of mastery it illustrates it well i think it's that you know we get as close to perfection as we can knowing we'll never get it but persistently strive 
striving for it and that's mastery and so whatever it is that we're doing and so for myself you know that's in coaching um is that i'm getting as close as i can to perfection always honing my craft never ending um pursuit of perfection a good example of this is uh if you've ever seen the documentary jiro dreams of sushi and he's just trying to perfect his skill you know, his wait list for his restaurant is like years or something and people come to eat and he's just getting closer and closer to perfection, but never actually getting there. Um, and so uh, mastery is another area that we need is we need to strive for something. We need to strive for perfection. We need to perfect ourselves. And how I like to think is that, you know, the strengths that we're given, the, the gifts that we're given to hone those to perfection. Um, I feel like that is the ultimate mastery. Um, mastery of self, uh, mastery of what we've been given. And number three, number three is purpose, right? I always talk about purpose. Purpose is one of the biggest things that I coach on, and I love leading people and thinking, helping people think about their lives uh, from, a, from a purpose standpoint. You know, we're we're exponentially more effective when we have a purpose and an objective or a cause that's bigger than ourselves. So, for this Noble Father podcast, for the Noble Father meetup, for the Facebook group, for the people that I coach, like there's a bigger purpose there. I want to help fathers enjoy their roles better and be more effective in their roles, not just for their children's sake, but for themselves and for the people around them and for the world at large, right? I'm only one of 7 billion people on this planet, right? It's a big cause. It's bigger than ourselves. And, um, and that's what drives me. That's what motivates me. Purpose is the biggest one for me. I really feel, um, you know, we're also most productive and satisfied when we operate with a purpose. And I've literally felt that in my pursuit, uh, in my entrepreneurship as, as, as a coach is that I'm coming to life and I'm being very productive with my time now. Now, having experienced that, why would I feel like I need to keep that to myself, right? And that's the reason why I coach on purpose a lot of times with the people that I speak about or speak with. Um, so, I mean, like now that I've given you this information, you know, like what does this mean for us as fathers, right? Or as people, right? You know, for ourselves in the world that we live in, the work that we do, how we take care of ourselves, you know, what would the world around you be like if there were more eyes than there were X's, right? Just think about that, right? People living on purpose and living with a mastery and also with autonomy, um, can you imagine what that world would look like? And also in the work that you do, imagine if you're more aligned to your purpose with autonomy and you're able to strive towards mastery, right? You'd come to life doing it. You'd wake up every morning wanting to master the skill, wanting to do something, wanting to try it a different way um, and, and, and just seeing how you're pushing that purpose. How is that being fulfilled? Uh, that means a lot, right? Not just for ourselves, um, but for others around us. You know, for our children, they get to see that also. Um, and so for others, right? Our roles as fathers to our children, you know, how can we teach our children to be motivated by the task itself rather than just the reward at the end of it? Um, now, the book itself has a whole bunch of other details, other things that contribute to that conversation. And, you know, that is why I'm highly recommending this book to you. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Um, but anyways, you know, a great example of this, and he details in, in the book about, you know, blood donations, is that blood donations is kind of this thing that people volunteer for. It's not anything where you can go and just, uh, you know, um, after you're done, give you five bucks or whatever. Maybe somebody goes for the cookies or anything. But uh, there was a there was a there was a study that they did where they tried to increase donations by incentivizing people to show up to do um, to give blood, 
And the interesting thing about that was that donations actually dropped was because they incentivized the, um, the, the act itself. It took away from people's desire to do something noble. It kind of made it cheap. Um, and, 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 and that was the interesting thing about the whole book is that, is that if, if you give a task to certain people, maybe it's like a, put a puzzle together and, um, you paid a certain group of people and then you also made, made it so that other people didn't get paid. The people that got paid actually performed worse than the people that didn't get paid, which is kind of counter to what the, what you'd think, right? Is that, Oh, well, if I'm getting paid to do it and getting paid handsomely that I would do it so much better. But in reality, getting paid just cheapens it. And then suddenly you don't actually perform well with that kind of pressure but also there's other things happening i think psychologically something's happening there so for us you know as parents you know we got to keep the task in higher respect right than just for the reward like the allowance or whatever like asking them to help you you know lessen your own workload that it frees you up to do other things um you know just things to make it so that the kid sees that there's purpose and there's a reason why they're doing this outside of just the reward itself um, and also to ensure that the, you know, the task presents enough of a challenge, but also not too easy for them so that they get bored. And this is where really where that autonomy piece comes back in is to really give them the autonomy, celebrate their accomplishment, regardless of what you think would have been a better result. You know, a good example is the thing that I always bring up in my own life, which is the lack of celebration piece is my mom and her overly micromanaging of the drying dish rack um you know i'm always trying to put the dishes to her uh you know her standard and it just never measured up it was always met with a sigh and it was always met with disappointment and that caused a big result in my life like i still suffer from those things and i don't celebrate myself and i don't see my work as good work um uh, and so for you know for you and for you you know if your father or mother or whatever it is that you're listening to this you know is that we must celebrate the accomplishment regardless of what we think is a better result. Um, you can always redo the dishes later, right? That's one consideration that my mom could have had. And yes, she does do that, but she didn't. She definitely missed out on the celebration piece, and I suffered uh, greatly for that. Not just me, my brother also. Uh, you can ask him about that. And so, you know, I've only got done half of the book, um, and so this is really all that I wanted to share with you, um, you know, just the first half of it. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to finish the rest of it and present you the full picture um, in a future episode. Again, I highly recommend the book to you. It's by Daniel H. Pink. It's called Drive and uh, the Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. Um, and also, you know, if you're looking to learn more about yourself, your inherent strengths, uh, your gifts and what motivates you, I'd love to have a conversation with you please reach out to me um, because, you know, this is an area that I've gotten amazing results in myself, in my own discovery, and in my own discovery, having come to where I, I am now, I have implemented that into a methodology for others, and those people have gotten amazing results, and they're now coming to life in what they do. And so if you want to hear any stories about those journeys that um, my clients underwent, um, they... Um, allow me to share freely and uh, i i just i relish this work i love it so much and um i would really love to have that conversation with you because life is better lived uh, like this in our zone of geniuses um, and also if you can do me one favor is i want you to think of one person in your network who you think would benefit from this episode and just share it with them 
that's all I ask. It's a simple, free way for you to help me and support me in, in this work. Um, if it's a father, great. If it's not a father, they can probably still share it with other people. And so I appreciate you for taking the time to listen to this episode and joining me again. Um, and lastly, I want to encourage you guys, right, is that wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, don't give up. You're not alone in this journey. And because there's, you know, you're, you're definitely not alone because there's definitely someone out there that's gone through or is currently going through the exact same thing. Um, and so if you're a father that's out there, um, you know, I talked about the father's meetup. We meet every Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, which is 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, over Zoom. If you're interested in that, please shoot me a message and I'd love to introduce you to that and invite you out. Um, and last of, last of all is to stay noble. Until next time. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community. Um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now. Mm-hmm.